Welcome to another episode of the Water Women Podcast, the podcast all things ocean. I'm your host, Jill. All right, so I'm joined today uh, on the podcast with Mimi. Hi, Mimi. How are you doing today? Hi, I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm super, super excited to have you on and to talk about everything that you do. Do you want to kind of introduce who you are and what it is you do and have come up with? Definitely. So um, I'm the co-founder and CEO of Free the Ocean, which is a website that gives anyone, anywhere the opportunity to have a daily impact on plastic pollution. It is such a cool thing and it's you can do it in the easiest way possible. So you helped found this. You're one of the co-founders. What is Free the Ocean and how did you guys come up with this idea? Yeah, so Free the Ocean is what is called a click to give site. And if you've never heard of this, basically what it means is um, you go on this site, freetheocean.com, and there's a daily trivia question. It's somehow related to the ocean, either through like ocean anatomy, marine animals, plastic pollution, pop culture you know, different uh, brands that are doing cool things for the ocean. And whether you get that right or not, we fund the removal of a piece of plastic from the ocean and coastlines. So it's a way for anyone, anywhere, to uh, be able to just simply click on a trivia question, hopefully you find it fun and educational and have a tangible impact just from that. It's super, super cool and such an original idea. And I cannot get over how easy it is. How did you guys come up with that idea? So years ago, uh, when I was probably like 14, I think is what it was. um, I created with the help of my parents, uh, a website that is similar in, um, it's also a click to give site and it was to help feed homeless animals. Um, This site was called Free Kibble. And same concept, click to give, but in that case, you answered a trivia question and that donated 10 pieces of dog and cat food to homeless animals. And it sounds like such a small number, but we got a really loyal audience from that and we were able to donate over 27 million meals to homeless animals. And so because of that experience and it was so awesome and we had such a great impact um, and built a really positive community, I wanted to do something similar, but for a different cause that I'm now super passionate about and that's plastic pollution. So that's really what inspired Free the Ocean. That is so awesome. So do you now have like a background in marine science? Is that something you pursued as you got older? Not at all. Um, I actually, <laughs> I actually went to uh, college for psychology, and uh, then I just realized I didn't really want to take the route of becoming a therapist, which is what I thought I wanted to do for years. And I took a hard look at what I was passionate about, and that's the environment and the issues that are really affecting the environment right now. And I lived in San Diego at the time. I saw some plastic pollution uh, up close and personal there on some coastlines that usually don't see plastic debris get washed in. And that kind of triggered this whole um, discovery of how big the issue is of plastic pollution and how I really wanted to try to 
do something that could have a real impact on the problem and, and just create awareness of it, help be part of the solution. Absolutely. I think that is amazing. And it's super cool that you didn't start <laughs> in this. Not, it's not something you like pursued. You just kind of decided this is what you want to do. And I think that is awesome because I love to show people that you don't need a marine background or a science background. Not that obviously psychology is science, but like a ecological science background in order to make an ecological difference. I like, I love showing people that and that you just have to care about the environment. So I think that this is super awesome. Good. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely, um, I think then like if you're passionate about it and you become more aware of the issue and you naturally gain like an understanding and get an education that way. And sometimes I think that that can be almost more valuable because it's coming from such an authentic place and, you know, at least for me in college, it was more just kind of checking the boxes and getting the degree. Uh, but when it's something you really want to be doing, you're naturally like more motivated to educate yourself on it. Absolutely. In some ways, like you said, it's almost more valuable education because you're learning firsthand real experience things rather than uh, we always said in when I was in university, like download and regurgitate, like memorize regurgitate memorize regurgitate you're not really I mean obviously school is a great thing but sometimes you're not always learning especially if it's something you're not passionate about whereas if it's something you're passionate about even if you're not in school for it you're going to be remembering the things you learn you're going to be putting things together and it's all just going to make a little bit more sense rather than just reading memorizing and then regurgitating it for the test to pass exactly yeah it sticks with you a lot more that way I think so what's a typical day in your life look like when you're working for Free the Ocean? How do you guys run? What's it look like kind of behind the scenes? Ooh, good question. Um, so right now, it's uh, everyone's working from home. And I uh, our team is pretty small. We work with this company, greatergood.org. And they're an incredible organization and a nonprofit. And um, their team helps us out with a lot of things. And then... My dad is actually a big partner in this with me, which has been super interesting and very fun. <laughs> and so he works pretty much full time on Free Lotion as well. And so typical day, it's just communicating with the team. And um, I, we're all wearing a lot of different hats right now because as it grows, we're trying to keep our team pretty small still. Um, and that's that's a great thing that it's growing, but it also means then just more work for everyone. And so yeah. it's definitely, you know, it's definitely gotten busier and more uh, more things to do, but it's it's more motivating than ever because it is growing and we want to keep that um, keep that momentum up. I love that. So it's kind of like a double-edged sword when you're growing, kind of like, awesome, we're growing, but that means more work. Yeah. But like, oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> never. It's that type of never ending to do list, you know? I Oh, I feel you. We just launched our stickers and everything right now. And I feel like uh, people think that I kind of have like a more of a process than I do. Like I literally have my desk. I have the stickers in a box here. I have the things here and I'm doing everything myself. <laughs> and I just feel like I'm like, oh my God, why did I do this? And I'm like, well, obviously because I love it. So right. I definitely get your stress there. You're like, it's a good stress. You're happy it's getting bigger. But at the same time, you're like, can I just have an extra two hours in the day? Like just exactly. a little more time. 
Yeah, it's so interesting because I feel like that's very unique to when you're doing your own thing or running your own company and that never turns off, you know, like there's always something that you could be doing. And if you're motivated to grow it and to see what can happen with it, like that's just, it's always on your mind and in some capacity. And I think that's so different than people that have a job where it's like at five, you're kind of checked out and, you know, then you check back in tomorrow. But for me, I really struggle with like turning, turning it off um, and not thinking about it. (laughs) Especially during this like whole quarantine thing where we're working from home. So like you never get to even like leave work. Like you're always, I'm always looking at my laptop and I'm like, oh, I could do like 20 more minutes of work. And of course that turns into an extra three hours of work. Exactly. Yep. It's unique circumstances because we're all doing a lot less than normal as well. So (laughs) absolutely. So back to free the oceans, Um, everything you guys do, like it's completely free and easy to help. How do you guys manage to do that? Like all people have to do is go onto your website and answer a question and they've helped. How does that even work? So it's honestly pretty simple. So we have advertisers and sponsors on our site and they fund our cause partner, who is Sustainable Coastlines Hawaii, and they're an amazing nonprofit, and they're the ones who are actually removing the plastic. So the funding from advertisers and sponsors goes directly to Sustainable Coastlines and directly to removing plastic. So it's kind of this uh, full circle that where people can have an impact for free, but that it's actually a monetary value that's being given to this organization that's removing plastic from the ocean and coastlines and is doing the hands-on work. Um, so people from around the world that are playing free the ocean are helping remove plastic very far away from them, you know, which I think is just really a cool thing. And I love that it's free because not many things are free anymore. So it's good to have something you can do every day and feel like you're part of um, making a difference. Absolutely. Like when I first checked out for the ocean, I like did answer the questions. It was like, thanks, you've helped. I was like, wait, what? Like, it's that easy. <laughs> like you literally just answer a question. So it's so cool that by doing so little, you're almost doing so much. Exactly. Yeah. That's a great way to put it. It's just, I almost, I've like finished and I was like, well, I feel like I should do, I feel like I should do more. Like, I feel like there's, I'll come back tomorrow, I guess. Exactly. Yeah. That's the great thing is you can be coming back every day. And, um, and that also, I think is a motivator for people that want to be part of the community is it's like, it's something that's, it's continuous. It's not like a one-time donation or something like that. It's, um, you're like part of growing uh growing our community but also growing the impact we're able to have by playing free the ocean every day absolutely so why is the future the ocean's future a concern for you like what about the plastic like if people don't know why is it bad that there's plastic in the ocean right yeah i think that with some of these issues it's hard to kind of grasp how it's affecting you as an individual especially if you don't Mm. live by the ocean and you're not seeing it um, in person it can kind of feel disconnected and i think what i usually tell people is just if you even if you never go to the ocean even if you don't say eat fish like so much plastic is ending up in the fish we eat right now so that's something but um 
even if you're not connected in those ways, you are breathing oxygen, you're breathing the air every day. And like 70% of that air is produced by marine plants. And marine plants mm -hmm. are a critical part of the um, ocean's ecosystem. And when the ocean is struggling and we're putting millions of pounds of plastic into the ocean every year, <laughs> we have a serious issue. And so I think that when you just make it really personal and you're like, wow, this fresh air, you know, hopefully fresh air where you're living is coming from the ocean. Like that is such a connect, like if you can make that connection, I think that um, it becomes a lot more personal. Mm, absolutely. It's one of those things that it's always important too. I, this is why I love, like, uh, I just finished recording an episode with someone talking about ecotourism. And it's one of those things that I love ecotourism or even just like scientific communications that involve the non-scientists or the people not doing the research because it gives them an opportunity to understand how and why they're connected to the ocean. And I think that's so important to bridge that disconnect because it makes understanding, hey, you should actually care about this so much easier. Exactly. Yeah. And the ocean, I mean, it just covers so much of our planet, you know, and yeah. when you even realize just that it's like without the ocean, what are we, you know, we don't exist. And, you know, that's pretty grim, but it's true. And um, it absolutely. Is. And yeah, we don't want to be trashing, you know, trashing such a major part of our ecosystem. That's just really the simplest way of thinking of it is you know, we just, we, we shouldn't want that and we should want to do something about it. Absolutely. As someone, I can't remember who I was talking to, but they said like, if you had a hundred rooms in your house, why would you set 97 of them percent on fire and just live in the 3% and think it's okay? And I was like, oh, oh I like oh, that. Wow. Oh, yeah, I really like that. <laughs> Because it's kind of like, a well, yeah, I have the land, but also, hey, these are adjacent to the rooms that I'm living in, and these are a big majority of my house. I should probably care about them. Yep, and not just ignore it, you know, and just let it let it burn. It's like, no, we, we want to be aware of it, and we want to do something about it. I love that. I feel like plastic consumption is also, like, it's obviously a buzzword right now, and mm -hmm. I don't want it to just be labeled as a buzzword. I want it to people to kind of understand like, hey, this is actually something that you need to care about and change, not just promote right now because it's cool and trendy. Definitely. Yeah, I think that it's kind of a double-edged sword. Like that's a great thing that it's trending because it's bringing it to so many people's awareness, you know, that otherwise maybe wouldn't find out that it is an issue. Um but then if it just becomes something that you're posting on social media, but aren't actually taking action with, you know, that's when things can get a little uh, messy, I think. And the point of the um, point of the, you know, topic of plastic pollution loses its meaning. So. And if you're just buying these new like plastic alternatives, because you're like, oh, I need the newest plastic alternatives. You're almost creating <laughs> more waste. Like, the toothbrush one's a really great example. Uh, when I first started kind of trying to have less plastic, I had just bought a brand new toothbrush. Obviously, like a plastic one, like the ones you get from your dentist. And I was like, oh, I need to throw this away and go get a bamboo one. And I was like, why would I throw something away that's completely yeah. usable? 
that's going to create even more waste. Like it's going to end up in the landfill anyway. I might as well get use out of it before I transition into this plastic free alternative. So I think it's really important to note that you should kind of like take your time in converting to this plastic free lifestyle. Definitely. Like, just don't go to, you know, uh, zero waste store. Like we have an online um, store that we're growing and we're so excited about that sells plastic free alternatives and products that I absolutely love and use. But we try to tell our community, you know, don't go on there and just buy everything or, you know, like just thinking that you have to replace everything at once. I think like a great way to do it is to kind of look at the plastic you currently use, right? Like that whole idea of putting the plastic that you use per week or per month in a bag and see like where the big problems lie. Right. And then like saying, okay, I'm going to start with replacing my use of water bottles or my use of a you know bamboo toothbrush, whatever it is, and just make those small steps. Absolutely. That's super, super cool. Or like important to think about, like if I collect that and I don't have a single straw in there, then why would I go buy a reusable straw? If I'm obviously not using straws at all, there's no need for me to have a reusable one. No, because then, you know, you have to consider the layers of having it shipped to you and, you know, the uh, footprint that that's having. Like, just, I think that for me, like, we always get samples of the products that we're going to sell to, like, you know, make sure that we like them before we bring them on our store and uh something similar happened to me where i got a sample of this one i can't remember what it was now but some product that i really didn't need but we wanted to see it you know for to before selling it and i just that kind of hit me where i'm like god i mean but now it's just even though it came in recyclable packaging it's still like that's waste right so even when you're buying plastic free alternatives, you know, less is still always more, right? So absolutely, um, you don't want that straw just like sitting in your drawer and never getting used, you know, so. Yeah, exactly. There's so many, I feel like where it's such a hot topic and so cool to do this, I feel like there's so many reusable things that aren't even getting reused because they're not getting used, like they're just existing and yeah, I don't know. Like, how can you avoid that other than stop buying them? You can. So just use what you've got, right? Like, yep, use what you got first and then see what you really need, you know? And that's the thing. Like, even with containers, if you're trying to buy in bulk, which is such a cool option, right? Like, if you can use yeah. an old peanut butter jar, an old hummus jar, you know, you don't have to go buy like the newest jars, like reusable ones, right? Many things can work to uh to replace items that you don't really need to buy more of I was actually just gonna mention that because that was kind of like a one of those like obvious brain like transitions for me where I was like oh I need to buy some reusable containers and I was like emptying my fridge I was like I have a salsa jar right here why do I need to go buy a container (laughs) when I can just use this and it was just like one of those things that like Obviously, it makes sense, but it took me so long to kind of like make the connection of, oh, I can just use this jar for what I was going to go buy something for. Yeah. And I love how that like, last thing on that, like, I love how that like kind of brings us back in time almost like that's what people used to do, you know, just use like random jars that they had to store things. And that's what, you know, a lot of food was bought in was jars and glass jars and containers and um, so it's something really cool. Like you're kind of reverting backwards to, 
you know, when consumerism wasn't as intense as it is today. And mm. I think that's a kind of healthy place to be in right now. It really is. the Where the consumerism is at right now, like, it's almost embarrassing. Like, why do we need yes. this so much stuff? Why do you need overnight shipping? Like, why do you need that so quickly? Why do you need it from online? Why can't you go find a local store to buy it? Right. I know. It's, um, it's definitely interesting. And hopefully with like this, you know, trend of sustainability, which is, I, which is just so awesome that it is trending and, you know, that people are wanting to buy this way. Hopefully that also comes with like a realization that it doesn't have to be so like fast and more and, you know, cause once you start using these products, you don't really have to buy a lot more of them. So I think that that's, um, that's, it's just interesting. I'm curious to see kind of where it goes. Exactly. Me too. It's going to be a very interesting transition over the next couple of years to see, because I feel like we're kind of leaning towards a more sustainable lifestyle in general for people, hopefully at least. Yeah. And it's going to be, it's going to be really interesting to see how far it can go in terms of like the majority of people doing it, which I've always said, you don't need hundred percent or you don't need people doing it hundred percent perfect you need hundred percent of people doing it like imperfectly which is such a cool thing to think about because it just yes. makes such a big change with that right I love that yeah that's our whole um like concept at Free Ocean is just small actions making a big impact and I fully believe that um and it's really cool and you actually see it happening in person and you know around the world all these little small actions will definitely add up I love it. And it can almost get disheartening sometimes when you think like, you're like, oh, I'm just like one person. What's my small action going to do? And sometimes it feels like you're not doing anything, but you just have to remind yourself that these little changes are going to add up. Definitely. And, do something. and I think like also what's important to remember is the small actions, um, you know, when heard from like these bigger corporations, because we always hear that like these 10, like the biggest, the 10 biggest corporations have all the power of producing the plastic and they're the ones that could really make an impact if they just stopped mm -hmm. producing so much of it, but yeah. they're not going to stop or make any changes if, um, if our society isn't making changes. So when yes. it's millions of people doing these small actions and making their voices heard through what they're purchasing and through what they're posting and saying, and, you know, talking about, then they're going to have to listen because the way people are spending their money will change. And, mm -hmm. you know, corporations can't have that. So they would have to listen, which I think is fascinating. All about supply and demand, hey? Yep, exactly. <laughs> we had, uh, I think a big movement here has been obviously with the plastic bags and a big change that we actually had was one of the, uh, major grocery stores in Canada, at least in Atlanta, Canada, Sobeys, they no longer carry plastic bags, which is, it's like Sobeys is wow. like, there's two, two big grocery stores. It's Superstore and Sobeys and Sobeys is kind of like the more expensive version in a way. And the fact that they don't have, they have fabric bags that you can get now, or you bring your own, even with uh, COVID they're using paper bags. So I was just very impressed by that. And it's such a big big corporation that I was like, wow, this is, you're, we're seeing the change of this. That is so awesome. Wow. I love hearing stuff like that because 
you know, it's not often that you do hear that from like the big corporations. So that's very oh, yeah, cool. No, it was a very exciting thing, especially like even during Corona, like for a while where I was living, the only store close to me was uh, like the other brand superstore and you weren't allowed to bring your own uh, bags in. So I was like, I had to use plastic bags. I was like, I like, I hate myself. Like I'm going to have to try and find different uses for this. Like I'll use them as garbage bags. I'll uh, like pack lunches in them and stuff like that. But I still felt incredibly guilty. And so then when I moved somewhere closer to a Sobeys, I was like, oh my goodness, this makes it so much easier. That's a game I, changer. <laughs> paper and like, burn it or whatever. Like just get rid of it a lot easier. Right. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. I think that's a good point though with COVID, you know, that's really changed people's ability to um, make some of these behavioral changes, like bringing your bag to the grocery store is a perfect example. I know that a lot of our audience has been frustrated by that. And um, I understand that frustration for sure. And I think it's like, it can make you feel super guilty. I've had a similar experience. But then it's also like, I try to like tell myself, you know, like, all right, so no need to get super upset about this because it's out of my control and I'm just going to do what I can do under circumstances, you know, Um, because I think there's a lot of pressure that we put on ourselves when we're trying to become more sustainable. If we Mm. stop, like if we get off the track, you know, then we've like totally messed it up. Right. And that can like make some people lose their motivation to keep trying And so I think that it's important to realize like, all right, some of this is just out of my control right now and that's okay. And we're just going to keep, keep trying. Yeah. With what's happening with this, it's kind of one of those like, okay, I have to be able to forgive myself for things that are out of my control. Yep. That's a big, I think a big lesson from all this, honestly. We are water women and we're spending a lot of time in the water, so it's important to try and find something that you can wear that makes you feel good about its production and how it makes you feel. Finding one of these can be a little difficult. What's this swimsuit made out of? How is it sourced? Why doesn't it fit me right? And most importantly, why the heck can't I order different sizes for the top and the bottoms? This is why Water Women is so excited to be teaming up with Sisterly Swim to share with you their sustainable swimsuits that you can fit comfortably into. This is a family-owned business from sisters who are passionate about the environment and have developed these amazing swimsuits that come in six, yes, six different sizes. And if you don't feel comfortable in those six different sizes, they'll even do custom sizes for you. Yeah, custom sizes. How awesome is that? Each suit is made from fabrics that are 100% derived from fishing nets and carpet fluff that have reached the end of their usable life. Not only that, the packaging, postcards, and tags that you get are all made of 100% compostable materials. If I haven't convinced you yet, how about this exclusive deal only for Water Women listeners? You can get 15% off your entire order when you use the code water sister 15 that's water sister one word one five for 15 percent off your entire order at sisterlyswim.com these are swimsuits that you can feel good about wearing and feel good in so when it comes to actually going out and picking up 
the plastic and collecting the plastic and getting it out of the environment. How are you guys doing that? So it's a um, combination effort between hands-on cleanups, which a lot of the communities get involved with. And I think they're the best uh, best tool to create awareness of the issue because the people that are participating are seeing it up close and personal. And Sustainable Coastlines has been doing these cleanups for years and years now, and they were able to do some COVID-friendly ones recently and have a big impact. Um, so that's awesome. And then they also partner with other organizations that are going out actually into the ocean and picking up the fishnets and picking up the debris. And that I think is definitely from a standpoint of like how much plastic is being removed on those cleanups. That's it's more, you know, when they're actually going out into the ocean and into these areas where they know a lot of plastic is. But I also don't want to act like the um, beach cleanups aren't doing anything because a lot of these coastlines are just trash. Like some of the images, it's, you know, I mean, you've seen them. Like these images are just crazy with plastic debris everywhere. And so um, that's a great way to also for us to show impact to our community to be like, here's what the coastline looks like. Here's what it looks like when it's cleaned up, right? And then um, yeah. while also having an impact that's greater by working with organizations that are going out into the ocean and pulling out, yeah. you know, millions of pounds and pieces of plastic. That is so cool that you guys are cleaning up, not just beaches, but also like pulling plastic out of the ocean itself, that you're right. really expanding and covering so much room. That's awesome. Yeah, it's great. And I think, um, you know, it's important to note, like cleanups, we know are not the answer for plastic pollution. It's definitely part of the solution. And it's an amazing educational tool. And it has to be done. But also, it's kind of like, um, someone from Sustainable Coastline said this, actually, but it's like, dumping out water out of a bathtub with a faucet running, you know, mm -hmm. using like a little measuring cup or something and trying to get it all out. And it just keeps filling up. And so, you know, we have to turn off the tap and stop the problem in the first place from, um, stop the pollution in the first place. But cleanups are actually like such an amazing tool for education. I think that that's their biggest um, benefit from cleanups is, um, an educational tool and mm. it's important also to be cleaning up the plastic but as long as like we remember that okay that isn't the final answer we have to you know change our behavior and have these corporations just stop producing so much single-use plastic that's when we're really going to see the change I love that analogy with the bathtub about like if the bathtub's overflowing would you start mopping up or would you pull the plug or turn off the faucet like it's right you you have to do all three, but what order should you do them in? Obviously, you need to turn off the faucet first, then pull the plug, then you can start mopping up. Exactly. Not that, like, mopping up's ever going to be a bad thing, but it's just like, hey, maybe we should address this problem before we start cleaning it. Otherwise, yep. we're, we're going to have to do it again. Right. And what I think is... Um, almost as important as Free Ocean's impact on actually removing plastic is just how it is inspiring people. Like our community has just reached out to us a lot about how they appreciate that it's a positive place that they 
can they know they're having it making a difference but it's also like a bright spot in their day and it's not too heavy it's because I think mm. a lot of what we hear about this issue you see the plastic on the beaches you hear that you know more than 91% of it isn't being recycled. Like these numbers are just so hard to wrap your head around and could be kind of depressing. So we really try to make through the ocean a place where you're going every day, you're learning about the ocean, you're connecting with it through this website, you know, and making a difference, but also just um, hopefully walking away with like, you know, positive vibes versus feeling really reject or dejected with the issue. Mm. There is a lot of that climate anxiety. And I found with uh, the questions with Free the Ocean, it's not. It's kind of like, a, oh, cool. I didn't know that. Oh, cool. I learned something new. Like, it's a very f- fun way to acknowledge the awful situation, if that sounds right, which I don't think it does, but I feel like I- No, definitely. (laughs) Yeah, we want it to be fun. And I'm glad you think it is. That's good to hear. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) And I really, I cannot stress enough how easy it is. Like I just made it my uh, homepage. So when I first open my like Safari, it comes up to that. And then I can just easily click click the answer. And it's kind of like a fun way to start my day. And I click the answer and then I go do what I'm going to do. Like it's really, it takes 20 seconds. Wow, that is so awesome. Thank you for making it your homepage. That's a great idea. Oh my God, it's such an easy idea, like just to make it your homepage so that it's there when you open up and it just makes it so much easier rather than being like, oh, I should go check out Free the Ocean today, seeing what's going on. That being said, obviously go check it out every day, but it's just such an easy thing to make your homepage and it's such a fun way to open up your internet. Definitely, yeah. Well, I'm glad you think so. That's awesome. (laughs) Aside from answering these questions, is there any other ways people can help with Free the Oceans or get involved with Free the Oceans? Yeah, so um, if you sign up also for a daily reminder, that's a way to remember to do it every day. We send out an email and just with a link to the site. Um, And then what's attached to us also are product emails because we're really excited about our plastic-free sustainable um, online store and we are working with sponsors so that every time you're purchasing a product, it's also giving back to sustainable coastlines and that's going directly to removing more plastic. So we, that was really important to us to keep the give back attached to it. Um, and we're, yeah, we're stoked to be growing that store and giving people more ways to help keep out plastic. They're helping remove it, but then you can also help keep it out here, you know, and showcasing these products. But also that goes back to our earlier um, part of the conversation where of course, you know, don't buy anything you don't need, but if you're making small behavioral changes, it's a great place to get inspiration and um, start thinking of what areas over your life you can tweak a little bit to make them more sustainable. Yeah, absolutely. So we, we talked about how you weren't a water woman originally. How did you kind of get introduced to the ocean? Was it something you grew up around or did you find it later on in life? Yeah, I definitely, um, we went to the Oregon coast a lot when I was growing up. Um, I grew up in Bend, Oregon, and the coastline is a couple hours away and we would go there all the time and it's a very natural coastline which is super cool. There's not that many people usually. And so I always had a connection and affinity with the ocean. Um, And then that really just uh, increased when I moved to California and originally San Diego. And now I'm in 
Los Angeles, but um, that was a whole new experience for me because the ocean's so different down there and I was actually able to swim in it versus in Oregon, it's freezing. So um, that was a nice change. And yeah, it just, that love for the ocean grew. And then as I became more aware of plastic pollution, I saw it close a couple times and I found sustainable coastlines and I actually went out and visited them before we started working with them and went on a couple of their cleanups, which was a great way to get inspiration for Free the Ocean because we went to some of the spots where so much plastic is brought in by the current and it was so eye-opening <laughs> and I wish that yeah. everyone could do that. But it's, you know, if you look at pictures of it, it's really the same thing because that's actually in reality what is on these beaches. And yeah, so that definitely um, motivated me to see what we could do with, uh, with FTO. That is awesome. Um, it is kind of one of those things that sometimes you'll see these photos and you're like, oh, there's no way that's real. And then you like get to a place yeah. and you're like, wait, what? Like it doesn't, it seems like it's so impossible for there to be that much garbage and that much trash, but it's not like it's, it's the reality. It doesn't seem like it, but it is. Exactly. It is. And, you know, it's, we use so much of it. And so it's not a surprise when none of it really can be recycled that's actually something I don't know if you've like, I was recently reading about it. It was released like last week. This information is just coming to light more that the, um, you know, chemical recyclers that said all the, you know, on all the packaging, and the little recycling symbol on all the plastic. Uh, we already knew that a lot of that wasn't actually being recycled, but it's way mm. more than we thought that hasn't been. <laughs> and someone came forward and was like, you know, it's actually cheaper for us to, bury the plastic than to try to recycle it and so no. that's a new development yes and I had no idea I was reading this I'm like oh my god it's just it's like even crazier than we thought because plastic it's just not a sustainable material you know and it's amazing it's not the material isn't the problem it's amazing for medical supplies and so much um, so many things that we don't know how to replace the product with without using plastic so but overall it's like we just don't need it for so many things that we're using it for and yeah absolutely it's crazy like you said like there's certain things that obviously I understand why it has to be used like in medical settings is a really great example right. like I completely understand I don't want reusable gloves in the surgery room it's not no. what I think is a good <laughs> idea but exactly. I think that we we don't need plastic cutlery like there's, it's got to be a right. pick and choose kind of thing. So I think that's, yeah, that's a really good way to look at it as pick and choose kind of yep. different things. Definitely. And just um, picking, like, like we talked about earlier, picking those uh, essentials for you to use, like the ones that you're like replacements that make sense for you. Yeah, exactly. And because everyone's needs are different and what you use in your kitchen and your bathroom, it's different than others. And so you don't need to go around just buying the most recent things that are cool looking, but you don't really need, you know, because <laughs> that just feeds yeah. into the consumerism culture. So, yeah. And I also think another thing to be very aware of is the term greenwashing and companies that greenwash that say like, oh, oh yes. this is sustainable. This is such a, do you want to talk about greenwashing a little bit and explain like kind of what it is and why you should be wary of it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, 
I think it's a way bigger issue than any of us realize, actually, because oh, yeah. a lot of times companies will just say, like, package it in a certain way that makes you believe that it's good for the environment or good for you to be eating, but it's not. It's just ways for them to basically fib or, you know, in some in some circumstances, outright, outright be lying to consumers um, because they think that they're going to be more likely to buy that product. Um, and it's just interesting, like this is a random example and it's food related, not product related, but um, my boyfriend was at the grocery store and he was looking for a regenerative type of farming uh, to buy some chicken. And on the labeling on one of the packages, it was talking about the sustainable farming practices, et cetera. And he looked it up and it was all greenwashing, like this company is owned by one of the big factory farms. And they actually don't practice any of the sustainable practices that they were saying that they do on their packaging. And it just shows you the average consumer is not going to like do that to take the time to like look it up and, you know, like research if it actually is what it's saying it is. And it's just um, it's really not fair to people. So you definitely no, want to be wary of it. Yeah. And I mean, that's not to say that most of the companies that people are following that are saying that they're, you know, um, zero waste and sustainable, it's not to say that they actually aren't, but it's definitely out there. So it's good to it's be one of those things that you really have to look into. Yeah, exactly. And do your research on it. One of the big things for me was, you know, those like uh, food boxes you can get like HelloFresh and good food and all that. Yes, I think it's a really interesting concept to have like very minimal waste. And I think for some people it could be a really good thing. And I was like, you know what, like, I'll look into it a little bit. It's not for me, but I just wanted to look into it. And one of them was like, all of our things are recyclable and like, uh, totally recyclable. And it was uh, good food. And uh, someone I know had gotten it and they said they had never seen so much plastic. Like each thing comes individually packaged, which I understand. It's awesome that there's minimal waste, but you also have to take into account the waste of the packaging. Now, HelloFresh, I've looked into a little bit more and it seems like the better option because a lot of its things are recyclable. Like the packaging it comes in, like there's going to be some plastic in it, but a lot of it is recyclable and it comes in mostly paper packages when it can. And things like uh, some of the things will come with like fruit. They don't come with packaging on them. Like if it doesn't need packaging, they won't put mm -hmm. it in packaging. I think it's awesome, but there's still, it's kind of one of those things that's like, don't say you're recyclable when but it's not yeah wow that's a great example yep and it's just you kind of can't know until you like have a friend that tried it or something like that because yeah. otherwise it's like you would just believe you want to believe what they're saying right you want to believe you want to think, oh people right aren't thing. gonna go on the internet and lie right but as we know you know that unfortunately, unfortunately. is not the case <laughs> uh, if you had one product, one of your like reusable products that you could not live without, that you need, it's your like staple mm. uh, reusable product, what would it be? Uh, it would have to be Bees Wrap, which I just love and I'm always endorsing. Um, it's a reusable food wrap and they now have a vegan option as well, but the Bees Wrap is incredible. So it replaces plastic wrap, tinfoil, plastic baggies, anything that you're usually using to store or small pieces of uh, food or sandwiches or um, 
really anything that you're putting in the fridge can be wrapped in beeswrap. And um, we have like quite a bit of it now and it lasts forever. Um, it's awesome. And then actually just as I was talking about that, I thought of one that's tied for beeswrap, which is a Swedish dishcloths. And it's a little more random, but they're so awesome. I don't know. If, have you heard of them? I vaguely have, but let's hear more about them. Yeah, so they so one is Swedish dishcloth, um, and they come in all sorts of cool designs. One of them replaces 17 rolls of paper towels, and no they're way. just awesome. So, yep, so it's kind of like a mix between a paper towel and a sponge, and they wash up in the uh, washing machine, dishwasher, like, very well. They last, I've had mine now for months, just one of them. And really low cost too, which is great. So it's not a big investment. So you, you actually end up saving money because you're not buying 17 rolls of paper towels. You just have this cool looking dishcloth. <laughs> so that that's so one cool. that I'm all for. Yeah. Yeah. It's a We're, really good one. We here at Water Women are big fans of wax wraps and we promote them on pretty much every episode, I think. Uh, my favorite ones of all time are actually local to where I'm from. It's a girl whose name is also Jill, uh, Jilly B's mm. Wax Wraps. And they are, I've tried so many different wax, wax wraps, but hers are phenomenal. And she and I actually, I messaged her and I was like, hey, I love these and I want to promote them. And so now people can actually DM her and order them and get them shipped to her to them. And that is so cool that it's still being like local and she ships with like minimal packaging. Like I have one right here beside me. And it's in like a paper bag and she'll just like tie that up and send it on the way. And it's so cool. That is awesome. Yeah. And I love that it's local like that. That always just makes it so much yeah. better. <laughs> it's just like yeah, another absolutely. As much as I want to. Exactly. I want to promote Jill's, but I'm like, if you can find these locally, like absolutely buy them locally. Always support your yep. local businesses. Yes, Definitely. Now, out of your entire time working with Free the Ocean, do you have any moments that really, like, stand out that were like, this is so cool, I can't believe this is happening, just, like, any standout moments from your work? Ooh, I would definitely say the last, not this last April, but the year before that, it was um, the Earth Day cleanup in Hawaii, and God, that was actually before, oh, I don't know if this counts because it was before we launched Free the Ocean, but it was when I was working <laughs> on it and we were getting ready to launch it. We've only been live since last August, um, but we had already been developing a relationship with Sustainable Coastlines. And I went to Hawaii for their Earth Day cleanup, which is their biggest one of the year. And it was such an amazing experience. So many people, like thousands of people turned out for it. And we all just um, cleaned up the coastlines together and spread out across the island. And it was so cool. Um, the trash was not so cool, but the community feel and the like, just like energy around it was really inspiring because you see that people care through social media, you know, and that they're aware of these issues and posting about it, but to actually see like so many people to come together and be like, wow, okay, like <laughs> we're going to work together here was a totally different thing. So um, that really sticks out to me. And plus now with COVID, it's like, it's reminiscing almost, you know, when you could be in these large groups and doing these um, community things together. So uh, I would say that for sure. Yeah, I can imagine. That would be so cool. 
Yeah. It must make um, you feel like it's almost like worth it too. Like kind of a, oh my goodness, we're making a difference. Definitely. And then I would also say, just to say something that's happened since we've actually, our site has been live. Um, just the overall like response from our community, just, I get certain emails that really stick out to me where people um, are playing from all over the world. Like we have a hundred and or people playing from 160 different countries now almost every day. And it's so awesome to hear from some of these people that are coming from, you know, South Africa and Israel and like just commenting on why they are thankful for free lotion. And to me, I'm like, wow, all right, well, if I can just see like one one of those every once in a while, that like keeps you going, you know, because you're like, okay, people are, people care from all corners. Um, and that's important to remember. <laughs> Absolutely. What a rewarding feeling to know that like you're reaching. Sometimes it feels like when we're like, I'm sitting in my bedroom right now recording this and I'm like, wow, I'm in my bedroom. And then I'm like, wait, this is going to still reach people from hundreds of different countries and they're going to learn something new. They're going to gain a different perspective. Hopefully they're going to gain something from this. And it's such an amazing feeling. Right. And doesn't it make you feel like so connected because so many things are disconnected, you know, and like the, so being in your bedroom and it can feel like, Oh, okay. You're not, you know, you're just trying to connect with people through social media or whatever it is. But then when you, realize it's like, all right, we're kind of all in this together. People listening to your podcast episodes are, you know, you may not even, not even know the extent of the impact that it's having, right? And that's a cool yeah. thing to realize. It is. Being so, like, disconnected, as you said, while still being connected is such an interesting thing. Like, we've been talking for 48 minutes now, and I feel like I've known you almost forever, but we've never met and we're on completely opposite sides of the world pretty much, which is an insane thought. And we're still able to connect and interact with one another. Yeah. How funny is that? You kind of forget that. Like when you're, you know, you just, it, it feels normal because we're like, you know, used to doing these type of things and we're obviously pretty like-minded people. And so it feels natural, but it is crazy that opportunity that things like this um, present now because otherwise like take this back 10 years and we never would have probably even connected so it's very Not cool at all and if you really think about it like who connected us is Leone who is currently in Germany so even further away right. from us. like <laughs> absolutely insane chain of events and that it's possible to connect it really is. Yeah. And it's just, you know, like people with like-minded passions and, you know, positive positivity, it can go a long way. You you meet a lot of cool people. It really can. Um, aside from cleaning up the oceans a little bit, do you guys have any other hopes for Free the Ocean? Do you guys have any future plans or anything that you really, really want it to accomplish? Definitely. Our biggest goal right now is to kind of make this, uh, more full circle. So since we're growing, we're able to start um, considering working with other partners that take the plastic that we're removing and put it back into new, new products. Um, so we're working with uh, developing this with a couple organizations right now. And we're so excited about it because we really want to be able to visually show the impact um, and say like, okay, the plastic that you're helping remove is going into the brims of these hats, you know, and like, I think that that's just going to be like a whole different layer that we're so excited for. That is such a cool idea. 
Wow. <laughs> Thank you. Like to know that you like the like I can't even what that you're like the, you're wearing the ocean plastic that you took out of the that is such a cool idea. Yeah, wow. we're very. It's gonna take. It won't be like uh, you know, it won't be soon um, released it's, anytime it's soon. But like, it's it's a process. But we're able to really start. I've wanted to do that kind of since last year when we launched, but we had to grow and get that base community. And now we're at a point where we're really starting to uh, make the steps to make that happen. So I think that's just gonna be very cool. That is going to be so exciting. Well, I cannot wait till that launches and to get myself something like that. That's going to be yes. so fun. Yeah, I will definitely let you know when it happens. <laughs> Please do keep us updated. Uh, and lastly, if you could give a piece of advice to anyone, just a basic person trying to cut down their waste, what would it be? We've talked about this a little bit, but just kind of like a, a short piece of advice on how to what to do. Mm, okay yes good question where to start because it's kind of an overwhelming it's it's an overwhelming uh thing when you're first starting to look into like uh cutting down your waste and just being better for the environment so just kind of a like a beginner standpoint yeah I would definitely do the exercise that I briefly touched on earlier just take a big you know, if you have a canvas bag or anything like that, just put all the plastic that you're using in one week into that bag and see what you're left with. And it may be a lot and that may feel really overwhelming, but that's what um, I did when I moved into my most like my uh, current apartment. We still I was still using some plastic. That I couldn't figure out like how to uh, how to get like switch out and doing that exercise, I was able to really see like, okay, I'm left with these, you know, three, five things. And this is what we can do to work on that. Um, That's a really powerful way to see like, okay, even if you think you're not using that much, it's probably more than you think. And Mm. uh, it's just, it's kind of fun too. It's like a challenge, you know? So before going and purchasing a bunch of sustainable products, It's like, all right, what are you actually going to need? And, you know, make it kind of like a cool puzzle to figure out, like put the pieces together of um, where to start your, your, your journey with that. I love that. It is a good idea. And I feel like it's a, or a good exercise to try. And I think it's going to kind of surprise people, not what they're using, but how much they're actually using without realizing it. Cause it's almost kind of like a mindless consumption in some ways that you don't even realize you're consuming this plastic. Definitely. Especially when you're just going to the grocery store and you have your list and, you know, um, you just don't really, the obvious items you don't get, but there's just, you know, it's, it's a lot that we can easily not even be aware of until we really like look at it. So. Absolutely. I think an easy, speaking of the grocery store, I think an easy change that's something that is almost so basic that you wouldn't even think about it, but is to stop using produce bags. Yes. They're Uh, completely useless. They do nothing. I don't care if you think (laughs) your produce is going to get dirty. Think about where it's been up until this point. And if you don't wash your produce, then we're going to have a whole other problem. (laughs) That's so true. That is such a good one. And if you don't feel comfortable, like just, you know, not putting it in a bag, you can get like canvas produce bags right but absolutely and that's yeah those bags I see them now and I'm like why do you exist like what is like why are you even here <laughs> it just I, doesn't I make literally any forgot sense. they existed 
because I used to use them, obviously, like, I grew up watching my parents use them when we were right. grocery shopping. So then, like, when I started grocery shopping for myself, I was like, oh, I need a couple apples. I'll just throw them in here. And now I'm like, why would I, why do I need a plastic bag for this? Like, I can just put them in my cart. Totally. Like, I saw someone the other day doing it. Uh, she was putting avocados in one of the plastic bags. And I so badly, like, I wasn't, like, you know, angry by it. But I so badly wanted to, like, go up to her and be like, you don't need this. You know, like, the avocados have skin, too. And you Literally, just usually... Especially, like, things like that. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, bananas, <laughs> avocados, things that right. you're not eating the outside of. What? Like, why? Yeah. <laughs> like, you don't need it. But people just get used to their, you know, their behavior and they grew up around it or whatever it is. And it can take some time to kind of unlearn those habits. So hard habit to break for sure. Now, if people wanted to follow along with uh, yourself or Free the Oceans, where can they find out more about Free the Oceans? Like your social medias, your websites, all that. Where can they be found? So freetheocean.com is our site, but then as in terms of social media, it's at free the ocean official and Facebook is just at free the ocean, but um, Instagram is definitely where you can find most of our updated info and follow along. Awesome. And is there anywhere people can follow along personally with you? Yes, I actually took a break for a while from my personal account, but I'm kind of starting fresh mainly for Free Lotion. And you can follow me at Mimi, M-I-M-I-E, Ausland, A-U-S-L-A-N-D. It's just my first and last name. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. It was awesome to have you on. I'm super excited to share this and have everyone going to check out Free the Ocean, of course. Yeah, thank you, Jill. It was a great conversation and um, I'm excited for it to be released. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Water Women podcast. If you enjoy the podcast, don't forget to rate and subscribe to it. You can also follow us on all of our social medias. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Water Women Podcast and on Twitter at Water Women Pod. You can also find more behind the scenes info on our website, waterwomenpodcast.ca. I am so happy to keep sharing these stories of different water women each week with you. And until next week, stay salty.